You've come in the presence of Yahweh. So I want you to rejoice. Don't look left or right. But rejoice because you are here. And today too is a very special day. Especially for this branch of church. As our brothers and our sisters are going to be ordained as elders and also as pastors. It is the mighty hand of God. Because the evidence of God when he establishes church. He said, it is he that calls some to be apostles. Some to be pastors, prophets. We are not here because of our own. But we are here because we serve a living God. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Please have your seat briefly as I really try to go through the word of God very quickly. I want to thank the Lord for his holy presence that is here with us. I want to thank the Lord for my dear, beloved son for his, his, you know, I called him this morning. I said, you know, Minister Yao, it's snowing really heavily in Maryland. Why don't you just take a break? He was like, nah, I'm already on the way. I'm coming. And, you know, that tells you the heart of a man that is willing to serve God. It's a testament. A lot of times we take these things for granted. See, we don't understand why people like this. God has taken him through many nations in this world. And you see, one of the things I rejoice in is that, you know, I don't need to go through nations. But all I pray is that everyone that God brings in my life, they should go through nations. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Because if you go through all the nations, and as a father, what do you come, what do you rejoice again? It's like, done it, been dead, done it. You know, there's no more excitement. But when your, your children goes into the nations, when they come back and they tell you all that they have discovered, Ha, you will start to leap from your chair because then you know that God is faithful. I didn't get an amen here. Maybe I'm not preaching you today. Maybe I'll preach to this side today. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So I, I encourage you, go through all the nations. And this man, indeed, God has used him from continent to continent. And it's a reason that he's not just a singer. I refuse to call him a singer. Yeah. He's a minister of God. He ministers. Meaning that he gives you good tidings. He gives you the good news. Hallelujah. I remember when, back in the days, not that I want to just talk about you today, you know. I'm not going to talk about you that much, don't worry. But I remember when my, you know, my son and I, when we first connected and stuff, and he was so into the grace that God has given to him to sing. And I said, man of God, sit down. It's not about the song, but it's about what you have in you, the word of God. And if you're on a prayer line on Friday, you recognize the power of God through the word of God. Hallelujah. And it's not just that he preaches it, but he lives it. Hallelujah. So, man of God, we salute you. Thank you for making the time to come and bless us today. I also want to thank the Lord so much. As Damien was taking the camera. He reminded me of myself. My father is a testament here. I started my own business at the very age of 13, 14 years old. And the first thing I was doing was taking a video. And it came by accident. Somebody was taping their own video thing to people, and they got, you know, either tied or bored. They asked me, small boy, come and take the video. And I took the video, and I started, like, you know, doing things with it. 
And then from that time going, I, I ended up having my own business. Had employees at a very young age, you know what I'm saying? You see, when Damien, may God favor you. May you go higher than what God has done for me. Yeah, yeah, hallelujah. This whole 14 days, we have been praying and fasting. Amen? And I know you are all excited. Excited to continue the journey. <laughs> My sister Chrissy was like, yeah, today's the last day. She was quick to remind me. I was like, I just couldn't help it. It was so awesome. Amen. But in case if you are, you know, encouraged to keep going, please continue. We'll be rooting for you. Hallelujah. But we have been speaking about let every creation, let every creature praise the Lord. And I want to end today with the message of the genuine praiser. The genuine praiser. If all things are to praise God, you have to understand that it could be taken lightly. Uh, but he said in his word that he shall share his glory with no other and neither shall he share his praise. So meaning that the praise of God does not just, is not taken for granted. It's not just anything that you feel like doing, but it's something that means a lot to him. So it requires somebody who is willing to be a genuine praiser to praise him. Praise him the way that he deserves. You see, you can praise a man, but if, that is the, if the, your praise does not equate or does not reflect exactly who he is, then your praise is a void. So whatever you praise, you have to praise it based on how you experience or you know it to be. Hallelujah. Say genuine praiser. Psalm 145 verses 1 to 2, I read. And I exalt you, my God, O King. And I will bless your name forever and whatever. Every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name forever and whatever. Now, let's go to verses 21. The Bible readings today will be coming from this very scripture. And also Philippians chapter 2, verses 13 to 18. And then Acts chapter 20, verses 17 to 24. And in verses 21, it says, My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name for what? Forever and ever. It means that if you study the, the entire chapter, you recognize that verses 1 and verses 2 and verses 21 are basically speaking the same thing. It is talking about the unendless measure of God's praise. Are you following me here? Nevertheless, there are some key things that we got to study in verses 21. Say 21. Let's go there again. It says, my mouth will declare the Lord's, what? Praise. Let everything praise, what? His holy name, where? Forever. I didn't hear you. So we realize that in verses 21, that the psalmist was trying to elaborate. You see, if you study verses 1 
and verses 2. Let me read it for your sake. It says, I will exalt you, my God, or my King. He's revealing why he does that because he sees God as his God and also as what? His King. But hear this. He says, and I will praise you with me forever and ever. Verse 2. I will praise you every day. I will honor you. I will honor your name where? Forever and ever. And verse 21, actually, go back there again for me, son. Says the same, but in this very particular place, he's saying very three key things. He's not eliminating that you got to praise forever and ever. The time is already made clear. But what he's saying here is this. My mouth will declare. He's revealing to us his desire of this praise. And the desire of this praise, one, is that his mouth will declare. Write that down in your notes. Two, he's also expressing the magnitude of this praise. Why? Because he says, and let every living sin means that nothing can omit itself out of praising God. Can I get a church here? But I want to go back again. He says, my mouth will what? Declare. And I think that is where the summit is trying to let us understand. We are not just talking about any sort of praise. We are not just talking about lip singing, but my mouth will declare. Say my mouth will declare. The gospel of Luke chapter 6 verses 45 says, of the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Of the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So when the servant says, my mouth will declare, it means that he cannot help it. Because the heart, his heart is overflow with the expression of the praise, the power, the glory of the Lord in his name. My God, I wish I had a church here. He is bringing it into practicality. That you are not going around just saying, I'm praising God. You see how sometimes we do. We come here in the mix of praise. We come here and we just say we are praising God. But it's your heart full of him. And David understood this. So the Bible can say, he's a man after God's own heart. His heart was full. And out of that, we recognize the next point says, let everything, not just it's about my praise, but I came to encourage every one of you, let everything praise God. Let my children praise God. Let my marriage praise God. Let my job praise God. Let my church service praise God. Whatever I am, let it praise God. Let it praise. You see, the book of Romans chapter 1, I believe verses 20 says, For his invisible attribute, namely his internal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that we are without what? Excuse. 
You can't tell me I don't know how to praise God. You can't tell me I can't praise God because of language. Let me get deep into what our issue is as humanities. You can't tell me that I can't praise God because of, you know, whatever you want to think of. The excuses that you know yourself that you are used to using. I can't praise God because I just don't feel well. Yesterday, I spoke about this victory. And Jehoshaphat, when it was time for them to go to war, recognized that their victory was only had to come from the Lord. And that victory had to come out of their ability of praising God. Are you hearing me, church? So that means that praise is not the condition based on man's time because one, every word, he says forever and ever, we have to what? Praise him. It is not conditioned on our time. My brothers and sisters, let's not praise God when we only feel like it. But let's praise God with everything that we have. Let's develop the lifestyle, the attitude, whereby our praise is not conditioned based on something. The reason why we are limited seeing the power of God in our lives is because our praises have become conditioned. If God does this for me, now I can praise. But can you praise in the middle of the storm? Can you praise in the middle of the disappointment? Can you praise in the middle of the shame? Can you praise God when everybody has left you? Can you still praise him? When the psalmist speaks of forever and ever, it means every time of his life, there is praise. Every time of his life, he has a reason to praise. What am I saying here? It's a few things. So with that understanding, what then is the genuine praiser? Let's take the scriptures to the gospel of Luke again. We are going to be at Luke for a little bit today. Luke chapter 6 verses 45 to 49. And I read, A good man produces good out of the, out of the storeroom of his heart. You see where it started from? What I read already. Out of the storeroom of what? His heart. Say, out of the storeroom of his heart. Good. An evil man produces evil out of the storeroom. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of what? Okay. This is the Bible reading, right? Good. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? Let me, let me, let me help you. When we are praising God, we praise him as our Lord. You get it? Are you following me here? But then the scripture is saying here, why do you call me Lord? Lord, why do you try to praise me, but yet do not do what you, I say? It means that your praise truly has to come from a genuine heart of praise. I want you to continue. Verses 47. Please help me and flow a little bit quickly with me. I will show you what someone is like who comes to me. I will show you the genuine praiser. Hear this. 
to me. He hears my words. Wait, first word says, someone is like who comes to me. One, two, hears my words. Three, acts on what? Them. Keep going, 40, 40, 48 and 49. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the what? The rock. He laid a certain foundation on what? The rock. The foundation is now laid. My brothers and sisters that are getting on there today, there is a foundation that you are laying, but you got to lay it here on the rock. Ay, 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 ay. When the flood came, the river crushed against the house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. Why was it well built? Because it, was, it had a foundation. A foundation that was genuine about its praise. And the Bible says, but the one who hears and does not act it act is like one, a man who builds a house on the ground without a foundation. Its river crushes. Check this out. A river. Not even what? The stone. The current wave of a river compared to a storm is totally different. But the river crushed against it. And immediately it collapsed. And the destruction of the house was what? Great. What am I saying here to you? The man, he comes to him. He hears it. And not just hears it. But do us the word says. Many of us, we call ourselves children of God. We prefer to be out there where everybody sees us in our glorious Sunday services. But there is something about foundation that is more than just your present time. That is more than what you are going through. He said that because of the foundation, when the storm came, it hit on it heavily, but yet it was not what shaken. Meaning that in the midst of the journey, there was some affliction, there was some tribulation, there was some pain, there were some challenges. But when they came, because of the genuineness of his praise, it could not break it down because it was built on a foundation that was genuine in the Lord. You didn't say amen to Jesus. Hmm. So the three trademark of a genuine praiser is the one that comes to the Lord. Say come. What am I speaking about come here? A lot of times when it comes to our coming to the Lord, we come to the Lord based on our availability. Can I repeat that so I can end very soon? Huh? Come, the first trademark. When it comes to coming to the Lord, we do it based on our convenience. We do it because we, this time around, I will do it. I'm coming to church because the pastor had to come and beg me to come back. Huh? Come. 
come. He says that the, 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 the person went and the builder went and dug. What am I saying here? We have to start to understand that our coming to church, our coming to God, should be based on our desire and our need for a savior. Oh my God. Maybe I have to preach this again to the stretch here. Our coming to God is dependent on the fact that we know I need a savior. Not just yesterday, not just when I was born again, but I need a savior today. I need a savior tomorrow. I need my savior every day of my life. Every day I need my savior. I can't do nothing without my savior. The reason why I keep coming to him, because I need my savior. Ah, Lord, do not pass me by, because I need my savior. Ah, David said, do not take your spirit away from me, because I need my savior. I wish you know that you need a savior here. You have become too accustomed since you became born again, that you don't think that you need a savior. But I need a savior. I need a savior. Every day I need a savior. Yesterday I was saying to the church here, when it comes to the calling of God in ministry, the first person that should have been disqualified, please, is who? Thank you. Even God did not, will not have to even disqualify me. I myself would have disqualified myself. Because when it comes to this calling, I was so far gone. And I never thought I could come back. <laughs> but when you are down there in the deep, you know you need a savior. You cannot forget about your need of the savior. Maybe you, have been, you are good now. You are good. It's okay. It's okay to be good and be chillaxing, you know what I'm saying? And relaxing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm using some of these, my brothers and my sons and daughters' terms, chillaxin. Yeah, maybe you are chillaxin. But I remember deep, deep down there, you look up and you have everything that man can ask of. But peace, happiness, you cannot find it. Oh, my God, what a wretched man that I was. <laughs> Who am I to say I am considered? I had to come to him. Come. Come. You have made your coming only become a coming when you feel like it. But there is a desperate need of you recognizing that you need a savior day after day. Two points. The next point. He comes, right? <laughs> I actually made some few points here. But maybe... I don't know if I should say it or just, let me just keep going. Amen. Amen. He says that he comes to the Lord, and the second point is what? He hears, right? He what? Hears. Hears what? His word. Whose word? His word. God's word. Right? Now, go to Luke chapter 8, verses 16 to 18. Luke chapter 8, verses 16 to 18 says, No one, 
after lighting a lamp, covers it with a basket or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may what? See the light. For nothing is concealed, concealed that wouldn't be what? Revealed. And nothing hidden that wouldn't be what? Made known and come to what? Light. Verse 18, where I want to, to emphasize on. Therefore, take care you... Let me, let me look here so I can read it well. Therefore, take care how you what? Listen. How you what? Listen. For whoever has more will be what? Given. Based on how you listen, if you have, more will be what? Given. Okay? I'll explain very soon so you can get it. Say amen to that. Yeah. Uh -huh. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will what? Yeah, 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 yeah. It started off talking to you about the light. And it needs to be on the lamp stand. And then all of a sudden, Jesus Christ shifts gears. And says, therefore take care and listen. And he says, whoever has more will be what? Given. What is the Lord saying here to us today? Our ability of listening or hearing needs to come with our willingness to understand who he is. You see, if you listen without understanding, it's as simple as Recognizing there is light, but then you put it under a shade. My God. Maybe let me explain that to you again. He says, if you have a light, instructions of the light, it is to brighten up the room so that everyone will not experience what? Darkness. Right? But if you don't have understanding on what the light is capable of doing, then you may end up misusing the light. That your light will not be placed on a lampstand, but you will cover it with a shield. That that light that's supposed to give radiance will no longer be able to give radiant. So listen with what? Understanding. But what I like the most, it says, for whoever has, more will be what? Given. How have you invested in the kingdom of God with what you have understood? What have you invested in God's kingdom? Many of us, we find ourselves focused on investing in ourselves, investing in what we want, investing in our pleasures, and we have no investment in the kingdom of God. Am I saying something here? And he says, I love the mode, the second part. He says, whoever has more will be given to him. Whoever does not have even what he thinks, what he thinks is about your self-knowledge. What you think that you know. Huh? Am I teaching something here? Yeah. This is a very big word, huh? What you think that you know. There are some of us we can't teach them anything. Hmm? Some of us, we know it all. 
Huh? Oh, if you know yourself, just say, God, help me. This pastor is talking about me today. Some of us, that is the attitude we have carried. So we are more focused on what we want to do. How we want to do it. How we want to go about it. And less of how we should do it. So in the body of Christ, there are few workers. But the harvest is plenty. I'm not preaching to this church. Maybe some other church that I was preaching to that said that. There are few workers. But the harvest is plenty. One thing I have made up my mind is that I will preach the truth. Because when my time comes and I'm gone, I pray to my father that, Lord, you will say to me, my son, whom I am well pleased with. What have you invested in the kingdom of God? Your time? Your energy? Look at all the things that you invest for yourself. How much time do you spend reading the Bible? How much time do you spend praying for others? I'm not preaching to you. Just don't look at me like that. Uh, last week I was in Maryland. And as I was preaching, you know, I didn't realize, of course, you know, I was saying some things. I didn't realize that the, 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 the person that I was looking at, it was his problem. So the pastor was like, you see, you see, God has caught you now. And after church, he was like, oh, pastor, why did you preach at me? I said, who are you? You see how God works. So when I'm looking at you, I'm not talking about you. I don't know nothing about you. I'm just doing my work. Hallelujah. They had to have a year in. The little they have, they think they have, that will also be what? Taken away. And what I was studying this, what the Lord was, what I was learning from here, it is those things called laziness. They have nothing because they are lazy for the face of God. Say lazy. Yeah, it's not you, so don't worry. Be confident and say it's not you. Say lazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have become, sometimes Christians have become so lazy for God. We have more excuses when it comes to the face of God. Let your job tells you they will give you a promotion. You see how many people say, the Lord has made a way where there seems to be no way. Huh? That one because you see, have mercy God. The last point, the Bible says, and they what? Act on it. The builder, he acts on what, what he hears of his word. They act on God's word no matter their situation. They don't compromise on God's word based on their conditions. They don't compromise on God's service based on their condition. They don't compromise on God's word based or dependent on the pastor. Am I saying that again? They are not serving because of the pastor. They are not doing it because of what? The pastor, but they are doing it because they have laid a foundation that they know that one day when the storm comes, it can withstand. They have laid what? A foundation. So they don't do it for the pastor, but they do it for their own salvation, um, foundation. 
Ah. Last time I was talking to Minister Yao, he was like, you know, sometimes I, I think about you and I realize how some people who came to try to mess with your life, what happened to them? Huh? It is not about boasting, but I don't live for myself. So for me personally, I just know that if anybody has a problem with me, they have a problem with God, not me. And who can stand against the Lord? They act upon it because they believe in the pure obedience of God's word. So I want us to go to Philippians 2, verses 13 to 15, where I'll be closing up very soon. Are you there with me? Are you here with me? Oh, your amen is too quiet for Jesus. Are you here with me? All right, all right. I'm still going to preach it anyways. Hallelujah. It ain't going to stop me from preaching it. Because the truth shall set you free. You know what I'm saying, man of God? I'm preaching it, though. Yes. When my time comes, I'm gone. And I will say, I have preached the word according to the will of the Lord. Aha. Uh-huh. So, this here, the Bible says, For it is God who is working in what? You. The Amplified Version is what I actually like to read. Let me read that. It says, For it is not your strength. But it is God who is effectively at work in what? You. Not to, not both to will and to what? Work. That is strengthening, energizing, creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good work. Pleasure. Hallelujah. It is God who is both doing the will and what? The work. So the servant of God that does the doing, as on the doing, purely knows that he does it not according to his own strength, but he does it because of the will of the Lord and by the working of God. How do we get there? We get there by total surrendering to God. Say total surrendering to God. That is not your will. My brothers and sisters, it is not your will. Neither is it your work. But if you surrender, you take his will. And you take his work. If you surrender to him, no matter what you may be going through, if you can surrender to him through your praise, then he will it out. And he also work it out. If you come to experience one with genuine praise, one who knows truly what it means to praise God, go to the book of Acts chapter 20. As I'm ending here. Acts chapter 20. Verses 17. I want to speak to you about a man called Paul. He was one of the big ultimate praisers in the Bible. But some of us don't think that he's a praiser because he does not have the voice, just like me. Oh, you should have even encouraged me a little. And so, Pastor, <laughs> your voice is good. You see how they laugh? Yes, they are confirming. <laughs> I know you are confirming. That's all right. 
Because I'm still going to praise my God. Hallelujah. Because at least I know I have one member who have testified to me personally. That says, Pastor, your voice is good. Hallelujah. Verses 17, as I read. From mountains, he said to the Ephesus, this is when Apostle Paul was getting ready to go to Jerusalem. And he called for the elders of the church. He was getting ready to go to Jerusalem, his last destination, knowing that he is going to die. He called for the elders of Ephesus. My brother and sisters that are being called today. There is a need for such a gathering like this. Verses 18 says, And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know, from the first day that I came to Asia, it what, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all what? Humility. <laughs> with all tears and with all trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. How I kept back nothing that was helpful but proclaiming to you and taught you publicly and from the house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's jump to verse 14, 24 for the sake of time. But now, of these things, move me. Of these things, things move me. But none of these things move me. I repeat. But none of these things, what, move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. But, I, but that I may finish. My race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. The end of the matter is that the praiser does not consider himself dearly. Now here. Oh, this pastor there, he's, he's nice. You think I'm nice for you? Ah, if you look at where God has brought me from. All I want to do is just sit at the feet of the Lord. This life, the man of God was saying in the time of worship, it has an expiration. But David said, forever and ever. Meaning that you got to be willing not to be moved by what you see today. Because your praise still has to be moved into eternity. Because eternity, there is a need for your praise. Your praise is not only for the earth, but even when you get to heaven, the Bible says that the elders say, holy, holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Even in the heavens, there is fullness of praise. So if you don't learn how to be a genuine praiser, 
How do you praise him when you get to heaven? You can only praise him when you don't take your own self so dearly. But you have one ultimate goal. And my brothers and sisters, the church of the shepherd's house, there is one goal that we should all pursue. If there is anything we should write it on our hearts, that I may finish my race. It is incomplete to run this race and not finish it. You have to finish the race. He has a mandate for you to finish the race. But it's not a race for any pastor. Finish the race and the ministry that you have received. Today, and for the rest of the year, as we declare the praise of his, this is where we start off. Let every creature praise the Lord. And you praise him not because of conditions, but you praise him because he is your God. And you have a race to run. Invest in this race. Put your hope in this race. Trust in the Lord in this race. Let, they say, let them talk about you, but run the race. I say run the race. To my brothers and sisters, are you running this race by trusting and believing in him? Or are you running this race based on your own condition? Are you running this race based on your own terms? Ministers of the gospel, as you are being called today and being ordained today, are you running this race knowing that he has called you and he who has begun with you is faithful to take you to that expected end? Do you trust him enough to keep you in the midst of everything? If you do, then today be that genuine praiser. Let your life shine as the light. Be that builder that digs and build his foundation on the rock. That when the storm comes, it will stand. Please stand on your feet. Just lift up your voice and just thank God this very moment. Thank God this very moment for his word.